Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hey guys, welcome back and happy Friday. Tomorrow, we have episode two of season nine. This is our Super SUVs episode. We had a weird idea earlier this year to drive the Mercedes GLS AMG 63 mm-hmm. against the Durango Hellcat and talk about where do these monster supercar level SUVs go in the world? It, it, it led us to kind of interesting discussions and that's tomorrow. Well, you'll notice that our car comparisons might come at odd times during the year because that's when the vehicles are simply available. And for these two cars to be driven properly, well, we need some good roads, but they also need to be dirty. Yeah. Because you're going to use these cars and we want dirt on them. And so we got dirt. Mm -hmm. We found sloppy mess and they were shot early (laughs) in 2021 when it was still cold up in Colorado. We had snow, we had muck, then the weather warmed up and we had dry roads. So he had actually kind of everything. It looks weird, I know, for a, a wintry, colder kind of look up next to what we'll have for Rally Ready, Blazing Hot in Texas. Yes. We just like the diversity of of the episodes throughout the season. It's going to be really fun. It's going to look strange because you think, well, it's just coming out in the middle of summer and uh, the the delay between shoot and edit and, you know, finally appearing on TV. So it'll look funny, but just think of it in terms of year-round usage, and that's what these are for. And for we sure. did it properly, we felt like. For sure. That's definitely happening. So that episode is happening. We are, uh, we're headed out to getting the episodes as soon as we can to Amazon, but before that, we'll even have them available for our patrons. That's coming even sooner. We still have stuff happening on the YouTube channel, and uh, there's lots of other stuff coming. I should say this real quick. Mm. There's been questions I want to clarify. We're into July of 2021 by the time you're listening to this. If you're with us currently, hi. If you're with us from three years later, this happens to be July. Also hi. Yes, exactly. Still hello. (laughs) Uh, We are just about to put our cheap sports cars up for raffle. Give us a couple more weeks. A couple more weeks for a couple of reasons. Because we are, we've got a big shoot coming and we've got TV to finish. But we are going to put those cheap sports cars up for raffle probably between now-ish and Labor Day. They will mm-hmm. be up available for, for raffle. So we'll give you all that information that's coming. Also, in middle of September, it is the weekend of the 17th, if I'm not mistaken. Indeed. That is the weekend we're doing our Utah meetup. We know that's the weekend. It will be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event. Possibly a Monday if you want. That you can. It, it's still a la carte for some of it. The sign-up is not available, but it will be available in the next couple of weeks. I'm just giving you guys heads up that here in July, we are going to launch a bunch of new stuff that you guys have asked about. So we're very excited. We love it when new cars get announced. We have many oh, to discuss yes. in addition to cars that come into the fleet that we don't necessarily produce a video for, and you'll mm-hmm. understand the reason why here in a moment. But the new Lotus Amira has been announced as of this podcast. Oh. It's here. It's our understanding also that press drives won't happen until the year 2022. So even though the car has been announced now, the press drives are still a ways out. Which they've also discussed about it being in people's hands in 2022. So that means... It means a lot of things, but it means a lot of stuff still to come. You may have watched the reveal. Of course, it was England and it rained, which makes me laugh so hard. It, I know. it poured. I know. It poured with rain at their outdoor reveal I of know. Lotus, which I have to say, possibly my favorite moment was the F1 car, oh, 72 that comes through in the wet. The JPS car. I just kept thinking, yeah. 
how much is that driver going, don't crash, don't crash, don't crash, don't crash. Because <laughs> Concentrate, concentrate. And everybody watching as You're well. You're soaked and cold. Exactly. Concentrate. Uh, this Emira is, is very interesting. It is. I, um, it is. Uh, okay, first off, Lotus is saying this is their last gasoline car. Mm-hmm. I'm just extrapolating some things behind the scenes. Remember, oh, okay, okay. Geely has come in and they've bought them, mm-hmm. okay? And yes. they also own Volvo. Yep. What I suspect is happening is that very early on, Geely said, congratulations, Lotus, you're about to be an all-electric car company. But yeah. from ground zero want the dollars? to electric low tie, the yeah. there's some lag time. Okay. The Elise right. chassis is really old. It's phenomenal, but it's really old. So True. that's out the door. Let's take the only modern chassis we have, which is the Evora. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Evora can stand modern U.S. crash standards. True. It has the dual-stage airbags that the Elise does not, that keeps the Elise from being sold in this country. I, I've heard some things that the wheelbase might be identical between the Amira and the Evora. I think this is a development of the Evora chassis, and I somebody's going to have to tell me, but I suspect that the front firewall and the A-pillars are the same, if not identical. Do you think they're reusing things? I, I was looking up specs. definitely are. I was looking up specs, as a matter of fact, here on Lotus Media Site, and the wheelbase is 101.3 inches, so okay. 25, 75 millimeters, and they're talking about this being a new platform that is setting the standard for future Lotus sports cars, mm-hmm. so n- the, the new chassis. And they're saying every dim- dimension is different than any previous Lotus chassis, but I do suspect there are carryover parts because mm-hmm. that's just good business. Well, and that's the thing. They have this chassis. What did you say the wheelbase was on the new one? So that is 101.3 inches, 25, 75 millimeters. Yeah, it's, it's within a tenth of the the Evora GT. Is it? So I suspect that that firewall and A-pillar are, if not the same, they're awfully close because that'll save you crash standard testing. And then they can develop it out from that. Though I have to also say, I mean, it sounds like I'm coming down on this car. I'm not. I think it looks unbelievable. It's great looking. Uh, I'm very, very excited to drive it. I think it's fascinating they're going to try to do two replace two cars with one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're not going to replace the Elise with this except for the fact you have a four cylinder, but they're offering the lower four cylinder, which is an AMG engine, which we've seen how much Mercedes AMG can get crazy power out of a four. Yep. And then you have the old standby six speed manual available. If you would like Camry V six with a supercharger. Yes. Yes, please. The gear lever looks like the same one out of the Evora, which is fine. Of course. It yeah. doesn't need to be it's any different. Be yeah. It's yeah. just fine. I, I'm very excited about this car. Also, yeah. making that big announcement, this is our last gasoline car, is going to make more people interested. It's going to feel like get one while you can. That's a good but point. But I also think that this is a chassis carryover because what's really coming is the electric cars, mm-hmm. and they aren't going to be there for four or five years. And maybe a, an electric Lotus SUV or something like that. Probably. But, you know, I love that Lotus is doing this because, you know, we've fallen in love with the Evora. I fell in love with a 400, as a matter of fact, and we recently yeah, drove yeah. the GT against the BMW M2. Yes, that is a TV episode. Episode surprising six. conversation came out of that. Really, really, really cool. Yeah, I agree. So the Evora GT is very great to drive. It's spectacular, and I find this this car very interesting as well. I'm very intrigued. I think it looks beautiful. I think yes. it is very Lotus. But the thing that strikes me most about all these stats, the transmissions, all three are offered: a manual, an automatic, and a DCT for worldwide use and mm-hmm. worldwide appeal. As you said, they've got two different manufacturers they're working with for engines. You got Mercedes and Toyota. Yep. yep. Okay. The point is, 
Lotus is building a car without needing to go the full, most power, most specs, fastest zero to 60, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. quickest everything. It's the most is best. Fa- nope. No. This They're is just, what we do. We're focused on the driving itself. Mm. And 400 horsepower is a lot of power, but yeah. It's not 500, it's not 600, it's not what True. their future cars are going to You're be right. that are electric. Those will be way more just by virtue of being electric. Sure. They'll yeah, just yeah. have more That's power. They'll be heavier. Be really curious because now electric cars are the dichotomy of the entire Lotus car company. Absolutely. This yes. one is 3,100 pounds. Yep. Which is the about, sweet spot. Which is about what the Evora weighs. Future electric cars just inherently are heavy. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're either really quick and fun to drive and therefore no range. Or they've got all this range, and they're bigger, and they're heavier. Mm-hmm. That is going to change too, but we're not quite there yet, as you can, as you've said. Yeah. So this is the last sort of gasp. Get it while they're good. Get it while mm-hmm. they're hot. And I think they're going to be making these for a little bit longer than they expect. To be honest, I hope. I which hope is a good there's thing. genuine great interest in this. I will say, I watched the live reveal on the Lotus, the actual official Lotus link, and it was a few thousand people. Mm. And you compare that to the, you know hundreds of thousands that logged into like the Bronco thing. I don't forget what the number was, but it was a lot of people for the Bronco one or any, or any Tesla release. There's just a ton of people. So I think it remains a niche vehicle, but I feel like all of us that were curious about it kind of went, yeah, that looks great. It's interesting. I I keep being fascinated by maybe it's Lotus, the car company that still cares the most about driving. I know Mm. Mazda does. Toyota certainly does. Porsche, BMW, Mercedes, they all care about driving. I get that. But it's maybe Lotus that's going to give us still the fun sports cars in the future. Let's hope so. And not going after the highest price with the most numbers and the best everything. Mm -hmm. No, let's back it off a little and democratize it for more people. This one is probably the way you want it going to be under a hundred thousand dollars us. They say it starts at 60,000 pounds, which is less than 72,000 Euro. Mm -hmm. So all in, Maybe it's under a hundred grand. If you get the big boy V six and the manual and all yeah, that kind of stuff, you're right. It'd probably be under kind of grand, attainable. Which, is, which well, it, at least it's like dream worthy. It's a monetary unit. What well, just more, just barely more. You're right, and it's not a four hundred thousand dollar Lamborghini on your wall. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you theoretically you could stretch for this. Some of you have asked if I'm going to stretch for this. I have no idea. Sure, but sure. Um, I am quite intrigued by it. It looks phenomenal. I can't wait for it to be out. I think. I think Lotus did the best possible version they could have of making a splash with this. And now it remains to be seen when it will actually be built. I mean, look at the Bronco, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, all the people that we know of that have got a Bronco on the wait list are like, yep, you're still waiting. So let's <laughs> yeah. let's see what they can yeah. actually do to crank out the Amira. But I think it looks phenomenal. I'm quite intrigued by it. A huge congrats to Lotus, and I hope they sell really, really well. Agreed. But not Agreed. so many that I can't have one. Well, maybe it'll just bring the price down. The more <laughs> we'll they sell. Hey, wonderful. I just hope car companies still make fun cars to drive. But this ties into what I was saying last podcast about being optimistic for the future. I think this is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. This is going to beget other sports cars and other manufacturers. Let's hope so. Porsche is a great example. They definitely care about driving still focused on the lightweight. They they still can. They don't have to get bigger, heavier, more and more expensive, even though those are wonderful and aspirational. I love them. Well, and, and, Lotus they could do something kind of let's back it off and yeah. still care about driving. Lotus is staying defiantly hydraulic steering as well. Yeah. Which yeah. I don't know what the regulations are because I know they're out there. I just don't know what they are. I don't know what the regulations are for lane keep assist stuff. Cause I feel like if that's not required yet, we're getting there. 
mm-hmm. and you have to have electric power steering to do lane keep assist. Otherwise, it gets a whole lot more complex. So uh, I, this allows that car to be more analog by its nature, as the Evora GT is. I, I love this thinking in cars because it is going away. This could be something that, well, it could be something that I sighed because it dawned on me there's going to be people that are going to buy it and mothball it. It just made me sad to think about it. Let's but it, hope not. But it could be one yeah. of those cars that people that wouldn't have bought Lotus actually buy because it is the last gasp. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Other cars that have been released recently are the new BMW 2 Series, which has mm. changed dramatically. Yes. In my opinion, notably the overall length and the wheelbase. Mm. We verified this. The overall length is four and a half inches longer than the outgoing two series. That's a lot. And the wheelbase is two extra inches longer. So it's now a three series. I mean, let's be honest. It's changing the driving dynamics dramatically. Mm. Moving it two inches, that's dramatic. It used to be short and stubby, and it's kind of gotten almost GT car-like in well, it's, proportion. Well, it's become the, what the 3 Series used to be. While everything else gets bigger, I can't believe that it's, get, that it's getting larger again. I mean, look, 2 inches on one level isn't that big a deal, but for your car that is your small two-seater, right. that's significant. And also, okay, they dodged a bullet by not giving this car beaver teeth. True. However, <laughs> I, I'm not sure it's attractive. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna wait until I see it in person. I think that's fair, simply because different colors and different lighting situations absolutely make your eye think that shoulder rolls off more softly or mm-hmm. more crisply than it does, or that line doesn't really. Uh, I'm not sure because of the yeah, low yeah, eye yeah. level of the camera, and then you see it in person, you think, oh, well, the spatial relationship between me and it. Oh, okay, I that like it, now. I get it. Yeah. It's definitely different, but they need to be trying things. They sure, can't just for sure. do a yeah. mild you know, one line of an update, because then we'd all say, well, what's the point of putting any effort towards it? Make it different. Oh, sure. sorry. <laughs> oh. oh, the entire lineup looks the same. Boy, did I just walk into you that one. You walked into that one and I'm happy to slap you. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, so this <laughs> new two series, I think will really look good in any performance configuration, but will remain to be seen what the driving dynamics hold because of that longer wheelbase. I, I, hope it continues to rotate as well as it you know it does and how much we like that car so yeah yeah, we'll yeah. See. still smarting from the porsche comment over well, here but it's true <clears throat> uh, meanwhile speaking of other cars in the world we actually just had a surprise car here mm-hmm. in the press fleet we, we've been getting one to two cars a week for a while and most of them let's be honest are what manufacturers want to sell which is five-seat suvs right and in the rotation suddenly appears a bright blue 2021 Nissan GTR. Yeah. And the main thing that's new and different is the blue tip titanium exhaust. And the first question I asked Paul was, if what you want people excited about is the blue tip titanium exhaust, shouldn't the car be a color other than blue? Huh. Now, well, I liked the blue color a lot. It looked great. But I just thought, if you want those exhausts to stand out, maybe they shouldn't be the same as body color. I'm just saying... But I will say, we both drove this a lot for a lot of reasons, including scheduling and other things, and we didn't get to do the shoot we wanted. We decided to not shoot this car as a test drive. Right. Because people know the GTR exists. It's not like, oh, news. But at the same time, this is the first one you and I have driven in a couple of years. Now, we've driven it multiple times in multiple specs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one was my favorite. I agree. Absolutely. Now, this is Nissan's science project. They released it in 2009, yeah. so it's been around for more than a decade. And if you go back and watch... Every year, there's a list of things that were changed and tweaked, and it got more powerful. 
every single year. Oh, by the way, the price also went up. Now it's $120,000, and this isn't the Nismo special super carbon fiber variety. Correct. It's just welcome to GTR at twice what it was a decade ago, which is shocking. Yeah. Well, not quite twice. I mean, they were eighty grand in 2008 as an 09 model, but they've been around a long time, continuing that Nissan yeah. theme of let's just make cars for 15 years, same thing. You're right. They have updated and tweaked it, which mm-hmm. is good. We understand that it is now 565 horsepower, still the 3.8 liter V6. But the engineers thought, how can we make this more efficient? So they actually made new turbochargers, which is great. Mm -hmm. It makes more power, sharper engine response. But that titanium exhaust system really is the thing. Mm -hmm. Here it is, $121,000 on our Monroney here for the premium version in that Bayside Blue, as as you said. But... I really liked the liveliness of the car. It suddenly felt alive. The problem is everything else feels old and it's old news, except the attention that you get is not old news. That's fair. Because everybody who loved these growing up connected, connects so well with these cars. I mean, the, the surreptitious photos, you know, you just hold the, you hold the phone in your (laughs) armpit, you know, and you you just take the photo and it's just like, take the photo. It's okay. It's just fine. But it just felt old. It I, just felt ancient technology, and the buttons were it, everything about it. Just felt all right. This was not paid attention to. The mechanicals were. That's great. Mm-hmm. But at one hundred twenty-one thousand dollars for a twenty twenty-one car, the part. there's that's too the many part. other compelling things on the market. And I know you have to amortize your tooling and get your money out of the business case that you made to sell these cars. I mean, yeah. how many? How many do they sell? I've not, not very production. They, they don't sell very well. But it's they really not don't that many. No. So you just keep it around, but it becomes old news because everybody with the internet is just, what is the latest, greatest anything? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Most of it you can't have right now because it's too new. It's not being made yet. (laughs) We're talking about the Amira that's not even around for a year This one you can have. You can have it, yes. It's just old news. And weirdly, it didn't feel that fast to me anymore. I hate to say it. it. it It is very fast. It still does that I can do it all for you thing, which is the thing I've never liked about the GTR is, I, is I'm aware of the fact that they built it exactly to what they intended, which is anybody could get in and make this car fast. Mm-hmm. And you're right, anyone can. And I, and I kind of feel like I kind of feel a bit unnecessary as a driver when I drive a GTR because I'm wowed by what it can do, but I'm aware of the fact that it doesn't even need me. No, that's the, been its party trick. Exactly. The other thing that is fascinating, and we touched on it already a bit, this one had what felt like sharper steering than anyone I've ever felt. It did. Typically, the GTR is a very numb experience. This one, okay, let me stop for a second. This was not a hugely communicative steering rack. It's not like, oh, I have all this info. <laughs> right. Comparatively, it right. was involving, and it also darted into the corner, I felt like, faster than GTRs had driven before. So, so this is the ongoing science project nature. They keep refining it, making it a little bit better <laughs> while the price goes up. I also had a moment where I didn't do launch control. I did like a normal launch from a stoplight. Yeah. Okay, so I was just like yeah. sitting there, and I was head back, and then I floored it right when the light went green. Instead of like ramp it up and for launch control, it was just like a normal leave. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. It was The experience was this. It was essentially you hit your foot to the floor, and you felt the car go, <gasps> And then boom, because it had to get everything spooled and right. now it was ready. Right. So yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing, but it's very cool. It is amazing. Yeah. It lingers. Of all the GTRs to buy, this is the one you want now. <laughs> the problem is it's old and it's up against all this other new stuff and $121,000. Yeah, that's hard. There's a lot of choice in that market. There's a lot of nice used car choices You're that right. I think drive better. This is still quick. Launch control hurts. It's amazing. Yeah. It's still brutally, you know, the, brutalist architecture of the car. Mm -hmm. It's brutally fast, all this stuff. It's still very quick and 
actually kind of fun to drive. Go gun down anybody at your local track day. This oh, is what the GTR only. does. And then get new tires because it is just a consuming machine. It's just, it's just yes. so, it's still so heavy. It's 3,935 pounds. Mm-hmm. With liquids and people and gear, you're <laughs> well into 4,000 pounds in this car. Yeah. And you feel it when it does that gather up and oh, go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. feel the weight being picked up off the earth <laughs> and then shoved forward. You're right. You're totally it's right. fascinating. It's interesting. It's just, we're ready for what's next, Nissan. And bring us the Z. We mm. really want the Z car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Summertime's here, and that means it is car wash season. And my friend Paul tells me I'm always supposed to wash a car in a cool, shady spot. I don't always do that well. But I do use the Brilliant Finish Foaming Sprayer, or actually, I use the Boss Foam Cannon from Griot's Garage. You have to use this. It's awesome. If you're a person like me who's not good at this, it makes it far easier. You create a high-foam blizzard right in your driveway with little to no work, which I really like. You avoid wash-induced scratches. It is the safest way to wash your car. Try the Griot's Garage Foaming System Complete Kit today and see what the foam is all about. Griot's also has a full ceramic family of products, including Speed Shine, Wash and Coat, and 3-in-1 Wax. All Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. We have two, count them, two really good car debates for you on this podcast. First one is Lucas writing to us from Portland, Oregon. And then we also have uh, Michael writing to us from Iowa. And these are very different. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to dive in here because there's, there's definite family minister of finance considerations in both of these. Lucas writes to us. He said he had written before and he was looking at a few things. He was looking at big sedans earlier. He ended mm-hmm. up in a friend's Celica GTS because he traded him for his Honda Insight hatchback. But then not long ago, he says they traded back again because he didn't want the uninspiring insight and his wife, Lauren. Hello, Lauren. She was a little tired of not being able to drive their one car. Mm. So to be a good husband, he traded back. They kept the insight until they could afford another car. When they took a vacation and he rented a 2019 Ford Edge Titanium, Lauren fell in love. Mm, Okay. So they ended up purchasing that exact car. Now that is her car and the insight is Lucas's car. Mm -hmm. Now they're looking for something to replace this insight with something different. And the biggest issue they have with the insight Mm. is that he is bullied on the road. Isn't that interesting? It's because he's small, but also because people look at that and think low power. You're not going to pass me. They know it's a hybrid. Yep. The the hybrid, when he wants to pass someone, they they kind of (laughs) shake it off, like a better way to put it. If he gets behind (laughs) somebody in the fast lane, he's the faster car. They won't let him be the faster car. They won't ever get over. And if he gets to the right to let the person that's gunning him down pass him, nine times out of ten when he gets back in the fast lane behind them, they have then slowed down. This car has a mystique of, I'm not going to drive quickly, that is so automatic apparently in people's perceptions and let's be honest the insights always looked oddball you know what it is it doesn't blend at all it's always stuck out so that sticking out has made people go you're going to drive slowly and so he hates the way other cars operate around him and that's the most pressing reason to get out of the car which i find simultaneously Mm -hmm. crazy and sad yeah, it's a little weird, but see, we get bullied in the Cayman and the Lotus Elise. Yes. That's happened a lot to us, but the benefit there is anytime we encounter a corner, bye-bye. Yeah. See, we have that in our, in our hip pocket, whereas you know the, the Cayman is 
pretty quick, but it's not a turbocharged accelerative no, no, car, no. nor is the the Elise. No, not so at it's all. not like we can beat pickup trucks off the line and yeah. then suddenly they're you know once everybody's rolling, it's like well you're going to exceed the speed limit too much to get away from this person and then all this I stuff. I've actually pulled over in the Elise. Have you? I've actually pulled Don't blame over because because once I start having and then this is ha- I hate to say this this way, but I've had it happen multiple times. Once I have guys in fast, powerful pickups. Quick. That are wanting to dance with the Elise. Yeah. I lose. Yeah. yeah. You are so much bigger than heavier than me that if anything goes awry, I am on the losing end of that discussion. And a couple of occasions, I have just completely gotten off the road. It's because, the smartest thing you could do. Because, you know what? Yeah. I, because the problem is there's the escalation aspect. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had times where I just got away. Yes. Sure. But I've had other times sure. which is like, there's no way to get away. And the only way to stop this is if I actually am no longer available to you. And I hate that that's the case. So I relate for different reasons to what Lucas is dealing with here. Yeah, it's, it's an issue. And the Insight doesn't have that capability. Nope. He says the Edge, of course, has decent acceleration and okay handling for the size since he bought some good Pirellis. But he is six foot six. Ooh. He cannot comfortably reach the steering wheel without his head touching the ceiling. Mm. He believes the seats are permanently raised. So no matter what position the seat is in, you're higher than most people on the road. That actually is a consideration is for a designers. Yeah, Eye yeah, level yeah. is mm-hmm. a, a big deal. But he says because of this, with the exception of going on long trips, he doesn't enjoy driving the edge as well as the Insight, as much as the Insight, because in the Honda, he can get a very comfortable seating position mm. nice and close to the steering wheel, but he's in a tiny car really low to the road. Yeah, and it, but it works for him still. Yeah. His wife loves the edge. She hates the Insight, mm. and they both want another car that they both will like and at least have somewhat decent power so they're not bullied by other cars on the road. Okay. This car will be the daily driver for Lucas, but Lauren has to have some input on what they get. Of course she does. So far, their top picks are the Mazda 3 hatchback, Mazda 6, Honda Accord, Volkswagen Golf, preferably in GTI flavor, mm-hmm. and the Kia Forte 5 hatchback. He says if he had his way, he'd get into the Mazda Speed 3 or the 86 chassis, but... Lauren wants to be able to drive the car. She cannot drive mm-hmm. manual. He's offered to have one of his parents teach. <laughs> He's not going to teach her. You are a smart man, Lucas. You have you have heard this reality, and you know it to be true. <laughs> she doesn't want to learn. That's that's totally okay. Yep. And absolutely. they have their first child on the way. Congrats to you both. Mm-hmm. And they want to be sure they have enough room in either vehicle to carry the baby and all the. Crap so, so we're getting another large SUV. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Plastic is about to invade your life. Yay. Why doesn't this fold down any further? Why do we need all of this? Exactly. My wife and I, we started with an incredibly well-organized, very compact diaper bag. I think we had it a week. <laughs> I, before my wife was like, this is too difficult. I just want like duffel bag space oh because gosh. once the child explodes with whatever the substance is, there's no, well, let's get the third pocket on the right with it. No, I just need to dive in and get <laughs> stuff and solve it. So yeah, it, it just explodes. Lucas says his wife is 5'10", has no issue fitting into anything, where he is six foot six and 300 pounds. Wow. He says, look up the shot put thrower, Ryan Croser, to see what his build is like. They're surprisingly similar. I did. <laughs> wow. That's, you're, you're big. He's a large man, yes. I definitely get it. But he says, although his wife believes him when he says how reliable Porsches are, they don't want to get into one at this point, mm. mainly because they're saving money for a house. Okay. They're in the Portland metro area, and he says they need a lot of money saved up. He prefers hatchbacks. His wife does it as well. And he's driven a number of the greatest hits that we've talked about. He's on episode 530, almost caught up. Cool. And so their budget at this point is 10 grand, mm-hmm. maybe 12. 
if he can get two grand out of the insight because it's got 180,000 miles and a salvage title. Mm. That's what those insights are designed to do. Just keep yep. going. Yeah. Despite it's anything. guess what? It's still running. Yeah. And he will say up to $14,000 for me for the ball limiter. <laughs> okay. He's looking for something for seats since they like to drive people around. Reliability is important, but not the number one concern. And he says he wants something absolutely no larger than an Accord. So they're not shooting for big stuff in spite of their needs. Yeah. They, they, they kind of like the compact stuff, which is interesting. He's not opposed to some CUVs, but he doesn't want to do the two CV SUV thing in the garage, sure. yeah, the yeah. edge, and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. maybe you could both get edges and... You're living on the edge. <laughs> Something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Now, <laughs> I, I, I hate me too right now. Anyway. Now, they both like the way the Mazdas drive. Lauren doesn't like the cup holders in the Mazdas, especially the CX-3 and the CX-5. Interesting. But cup holders are a big factor for her. Mm-hmm. Doesn't your wife, Kate, have a big deal with cup holders too? Didn't well, you buy her a cup holder and that I, was like a big gift? Like I this bought was the a gift. cup holder adapter because yeah, the cup that holders it. in the Cayenne were clearly... You can, you, can, you can feel the meeting. <laughs> if the Americans need to put something in a cup holder, what is it going to be? Well, it's going to be... The thinking, I'm sure, was either a water bottle or a 12-ounce soda can. Right. So we'll just design it around a 12-ounce soda can, which it works great for. But then you have, you know, like large coffee mugs or the actual nice... We're thirsty people. Exactly. But the actual nice, like, reusable water bottles that are never the size of a normal disposable right, water right. bottle. Analogy None of that whatever. fits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that fits. Yep. So you have to get a adapter that plugs into the small hole and makes a bigger hole. I and didn't see that coming. You use your the, camping gear seriously. while you're in your car? What? So as soon as I got that for her, that was I, that, I scored points. I got to admit. I found one of those. You she's scored like, oh, a point. Whoa. Well, yeah. I don't, yeah, <laughs> that I don't, was I don't one score point. many. But, but yeah, every now and then I get lucky. Yeah. Well, Lucas and Lauren, congratulations. As I said, I have choices for you. I have thinking. And I went a little nuts because I was thinking Civic Si and Kia K5 and Kia Stingers that are $20,000 with the base that's, engine. That's not fourteen. It's not thought, 14. Oh, how about a Kia Seltos? Those are great. They've got a dual clutch and for $21,000 new. And then I didn't, I didn't find any for $21,000. Still not 14. So I backed it way off. Okay. I went looking for 2006 Lexus ES330s. Okay. Because they're 12 grand. Sure. It's a car. Yeah. It's going to run. Notice uh-huh. I didn't say Camry. I'm not trying to sell you a Camry. I'm trying to sell you a gussied up Camry. <laughs> Camry in a suit. <laughs> Pretty much. Really nice suit there, Camry. Good job. That was my starting place. Okay. I'm not saying right. go buy it for yes. 15, 16-year-old Lexus do 330 2018 Acura TLXs are twelve grand with 38,000 miles. I kid you not. Mm. The problem is it's the year. It's the, the last year before the rhinoplasty. Uh-huh. The 2019s are the one you want, stylistically speaking. Mm-hmm. But if you want the not-quite-as-beautiful ones... <laughs> They're less money. Tactfully put, yes. But 12 k for a $38,000 car that looks great, mm-hmm. they're well-built, they're compact enough, and they're kind of an Accord, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. I like how they drive, and they do have the SH all-wheel drive, which is not a marketing gimmick. It actually works. They drive really well. They're fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thought about Honda Fits, and then I thought, you've enjoyed the Insight. You understand... You know, the mileage, it sounds like you do drive a lot, but Lucas, we don't know how much commuting you do. That true. was a little unclear here. Yeah, true. I got to thinking about Chevy Bolts and Volts because the Volt is actually a people mover. It, you can mm-hmm. fit people in the back seat and it's quirky enough and you're used to the hybrid thing 
that you could just essentially buy a bigger car. And when people see those, that's just a normal size car. Yep. That's just car. I don't think people feel one way or the other about those. They don't see performance machine, but they don't see dragging your feet kind of lens in the trap. You know, you're hypermiling everywhere sort of thing. It's funny because that's exactly where I went. Is it really? Yes, because my first thinking was what you want is a bolt because it's a hatchback and it'll do the commute right, thing and it's going right. to have surprising amounts of power and all that kind of stuff. But I thought of two things. First off, the bolts even used, they're selling for like 15 and up. They've gone up. So 15 and up, which is just out of your budget. But, you know, so I don't know if that's worth the stretch. But then it did dawn on me that there are people that, I don't know how much, but people are kind of aware that's an electric car. No one knows what the Volt is. Yeah. The second gen looks so normal Mm -hmm. that you'll just be car in traffic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I do think, and the Volt is available at your price point all day long. And it's hatchback. It's got that hatchback thing that you both like. Mm. So for cargo, you can fold seats down. It's got surprising amount of space and surprising amount of rear seat space for people. You like to drive people around. I think that's your winner right there. Yeah, I think the Volt is a good one. I have a, I have a wild card for you, but I, I love that we both went Chevy Volt, Chevy that's Bolt. I did not expect that. My wild card for you, hatchback, you haven't considered it. I know it's in your price point. No one is going to think that guy doesn't want to drive fast. Mm. Fiat 500, a BART. Oh. The first one oh. I ever saw regularly here in Salt Lake was driven by a man I think was another 50% larger than I am. He was huge. I used to see him on the commute every morning. And I, so it was just for him. It was just him. Center seating position. He he was, he was commuting (laughs) in his, like, I work outdoor in the wintertime car hearts. He filled I remember you telling me about him. Yeah. Okay. But that was just a base 500. Right. Right. If you get the 500 of Bart, it has usable, not huge because you're large people, but it has usable back seats. (laughs) You're like, is a circus in town? Seriously. It has usable back seats, but it is a hatch. And the exhaust note alone of that car, no one's going to think, oh, well, that guy's not going to get in the fast lane and go quickly. Right. Nobody's going to bully that car. Now, it was designed kind of like the Edge was with a high seating position to get you while you're in a small car up higher. Yeah. That so you thing. might yeah. not fit. And I don't know. I don't know. But like I said, I, I remember seeing a guy that was much bigger than me driving a Fit very happily. So um, I, Fiat 500 Abarth, see how you go. Because I think that's an option. You can get it in automatic and stick. It's more fun in stick, but the automatic is passable. We've, I've driven that car in every flavor imaginable. Convertible, hardtop, yep. manual, yep. auto. It's a solid contender that actually ha- – here's the thing that it gives that nothing else in this discussion gives. And that is it gives a little bit of, I'm an enthusiast and I'd like to drive quickly, please. None of the rest of these True. do, including the ones True. you've listed that are really in your budget. None of the rest of them give off that flair. I think the Fiat 500 of BART does it. Lucas, what you could do is pound out the roof and have your own gurney bubble. You could, yes. And it could be a really unique, customized it's, thing. It's the Lucas bubble. There you go. If you've got a debate like Lucas and Lauren, write to us, TV at gmail.com or on the website, everydaydriver.com. And episode two is coming at you for season nine at 7.30 a.m. Eastern on the Motor Trend Cable Channel. Set your DVR, and we look forward to hearing your feedback. Cars are made to be driven. And we can't imagine a future without driving the cars we love. The folks at Haggerty feel the same way, and that's why they support our show. One of the many things Haggerty offers for people who love cars is insurance for enthusiast vehicles, including classic cars, trucks and motorcycles, newer collectibles, and boats. They also protect race cars when they're not on track, and they can protect your car when it is on track with HPDE insurance. In fact, we actually use Haggerty Track Day Insurance every time we drive our own cars, the Cayman and the Elise, on our local track. It's a huge peace of mind. 
Learn more about Haggerty and quote insurance at haggerty.com slash everyday driver. Michael Gall and his wife, he lists them as almost empty nesters. Hmm. And then he gives the description about the fact that their, their daughters are in college. Their mm, two daughters yes, are in college. Yes. He's actually very excited about being an empty nester. His wife, he says, is not as excited as he is. And right there, I go into a little diorama in my head. Okay. Because, because what's happening okay. here is that she's going, my babies are gone. And he's going, we can get a fun car. The children are and gone. They and have, they have totally missed each other in that conversation. <laughs> so we're shopping for almost empty nesters. Well, they've both worked hard to prioritize saving for their daughter's college educations. They should graduate, hopefully, from college debt-free. That is a huge gift to your kids, That for is sure. the gift. Yeah, it's not cars. Amazing. It's not expensive anything. And it's not vacations. It is debt free. Just being debt free and starting there, I admire the both of you and That's congratulations yeah, for sure. to the both of you. He's got a car ownership history that is pretty scattered, but I did notice it was a little BMW heavy. Mm, once he landed on BMWs, that was the car that it first, took him a while to get there. It, yeah, he had a few cars, and then went about six or eight cars, and he has a, uh, a three series, and he goes, wait, <laughs> cars can be fun. And then as a result, the BMW keeps circling back around. Yeah. At the 06325i E46 sedan, Mm -hmm. he says this was an awakening to what is possible. Mm -hmm. His three-year-old daughter at that point (laughs) wanted to paint a number on the side so it would be a race car. All you do is buy the meatball, like the magnetic meatball, and then she could paint the number right there. Perfect. That's a class project. I had a meatball on the Mini Cooper that I (laughs) wanted to take off until I realized that the paint protection film was over it. (laughs) So you know what? It stayed. It stayed right there. Yeah. Spot tiny. He had Honda Accords, Nissan Maximas, a Chrysler Surus. Big mistake. Mistakes Ooh, were made. Yeah. The only purchase he ever regretted, we understand. Moving forward, he had a 2013 328XI sedan, an E36 convertible, purchased as a second car, sold in 2017 to pay for his daughter's high school car, wow, okay. which was a Honda Fit Sport. All right. He says he has a 2018 Audi A4, the best all-around car he's ever owned. And he says... Purchased used in 2019, an E46 325 convertible. Fun. He says nothing special on the road, but he's six foot two and freakishly long legged. <laughs> it's like legs up to your chin, or I guess he's just, you know, the belt is right underneath his armpits. He's got so. long legs, yeah. He would love a manual. The Minister of Finance deems all manuals verboten. Verboten. I haven't seen that word in a while. Thank you for that. That's great. <laughs> he loves the idea of a Cayman or a Boxster, but he doesn't know that, that would he would even use half of its potential. Mm-hmm. We're getting into some comments to, to pay attention to. I, I agree. There's, there's a whole separate topic Tuesday jumping off of that sentence. But yes, here We're we go. We're getting here. He thinks they're both gorgeous cars. I agree. Mm-hmm. He hasn't driven either as neither are very common in central Iowa. Sure. That makes sense. Okay. He's got a budget of forty to sixty thousand dollars. That's excellent. With a Paul limiter of seventy. Very good stuff. While he hasn't done any tracking, he could see possible track days in retirement, which is still five or seven years away. He's buying a car for five to seven years from now when he might track it. Okay, maybe, maybe. You know, I'm a I, crazy idea. There might be another car then. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just, Possibly. I'm just putting that out there. Anyway, Possibly. well. He says he doesn't mind wrenching on the weekends. His tool set is better than the average suburban dad, and he does most of his own maintenance, like oil changes, brakes, and simple mechanical repairs. Okay. So he's looking for fun recommendations on sporty cars for post-middle-age, pre-retirement drivers. And you remember that part where he is just talking about he's a modestly good everyday driver but doesn't have any experience with driving schools or track days. That was in his... Mm -hmm. Second paragraph. Yes, that was in his his info. Yes, for sure. 
Michael, no soup for you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. I want to spend your money. 70 grand. I want to go nuts. There are cars we could buy. I can spend yes. your money. Yes, for sure. But my first question to you is why put off tracking? Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Because you're saying, well, I might do some tracking in the future. I've heard it's fun. I've heard it's cool. And I might do that in the future, but I got to get the fun car right now. Why? Yeah. yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. You also said there's not a whole lot of great roads in central Iowa yeah. that stir your soul. If you build it, will they come? Sorry, couldn't resist. Mm. They need mountains first. Yeah, that is true. He's going to build a whole mountain range. It's going to be awesome. Less corn, more yes. mountains, right? Yes. Why not dip a toe into the pool now? I agree. And what I'm telling you, first of all, is to build your own cheap sports cars. Like Go, go oh, find I your own cheap doing. sports cars. I'm yeah, not going to yeah, spend yeah. any of your money. I'm going to spend a fraction, a, a, an eleventh of your money, of your okay. budget. All right. Let's spend seven to eight grand. Whoa. Let's go find something fun that interests you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a Miata. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not. Doesn't matter. But why don't we first, before that, go work on your driving skills and begin to plan some trips to driving schools? Mm, because like you said this. you have no experience. You have a healthy budget. And whether or not you do tracking in the future, let's get into it right away. Mm. Because there's no time to lose. There's no time to waste. Yeah. yeah. Life is happening. And... Mm-hmm. I'm not saying by this comment that anything will happen, but there are stories out there where people wait their entire lives for retirement so they can do blank mm-hmm. activity. Absolutely. And something happens and they never get to do that thing, yeah. that thing, travel there, mm-hmm. go on that, mm-hmm. buy that thing. And I'm not a live for the moment kind of a guy. I'm really not. I'm a very much plan for the future. As a matter of fact, both Todd and I realize we're far more future planning kinds of guys than we are living for the moment. Mm. But you know people that live for the moment. You think, oh, they have life figured out because you're really enjoying yourself right now. (laughs) Tomorrow you're you're broke. Currently you're happy. I am not saying because of who you are, Michael. You already have done the saving thing. You've already planned your daughter's college education. You've already done that. And so I'm not saying fiddle while Rome burns. I'm saying, (laughs) can you start to shift your headspace? Because you've gotten to the point in your life where you've got their futures figured out and you're going to give them this debt-free gift. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now that allows you to start changing your your headspace. That's interesting, yeah. You've worked so hard up to now. Mm. And again, I'm not saying that something will happen and you'll never get to insert whatever activity. I just want you to have that thinking in the back of your mind. yeah. And so here we're going to work on your driving skills. We're going to go sign up. And by we, the collective royal we, I mean you. (laughs) (laughs) And whether or not your wife wants to go, I hope she does. I hope you can maybe craft some vacations for the two of you. And bye, I'm going off today. Here's a budget to go shopping or anything else you want to do. Come join us on pilgrimage. I'm putting it out there. Pilgrimage, Drift 101, Mm. Rally Ready in Austin, Texas. Go autocrossing. Go find an HPDE with your local BMW club because I guess you, I'll bet you know people. Yeah, probably. But when we went to Drift 101 with Naoki, Mm -hmm. there was a man out there screaming past sideways at 80 miles an hour mm-hmm. in a drift car. I yep. forget what it was. Yep. And we were kind of going, what, what's he doing? And Naoki would walk over and, you know, mutter a few things and come back. Who, you know, who is that? And he's like, oh, that's another student. Like, yeah, he's, you know, early 50s contractor guy. Always got ties for Father's Day. Never knew what he wanted to do with his life. And his wife was finally like, fine, I'm buying you drift lessons. Mm-hmm. Like, grumble, grumble. What? That, turns out. Not only does he love it, 
He's really good at it. Mm-hmm. He discovered a new skill that he is good at. And he was at the time having Naoki build him a drift car. Yep. And he was a contractor, drives pickup trucks, yep. doesn't have anything to do with drifting, doesn't follow the drift scene, mm-hmm. nothing. Just dove in with both feet. And then here he is sideways going past us at 80 or 90 miles an hour going, ha, 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 yeah, I'm was, good at this. And I didn't really know good. this. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So the point is, Michael, what is that in you that you didn't know you were good at? Mm. Maybe it's dirt rally. Maybe you don't want a fun car. I mean, a asphalt car. Sure. Yeah, car. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Maybe suddenly you're going off road. You're, you're suddenly bouncing along through the fields <laughs> sideways. <laughs> That's interesting. Iowa has fields. We could do that. We could make yeah. it happen. That's funny. Maybe you go, like I said, a high-performance driving event mm. with your BMW club, and you're mm. able to either get in with somebody or you know, somebody lends you a car, or get on track, and you start to feel those kinds of things. A, you will know whether it's for you or not yeah, for instantly. Sure. For sure. And B, now that you've started to try all these things, then that will determine what you're looking at. Because if I just say, go buy an insert $70,000 car right here, yeah, and you go get it, and you buy it, and you're like, sweet, you're not going to go track it. Mm, you're not going to get there. You're, you're not going to, it's, it's your baby. Yeah. We're, we're going to, yeah, we're going to be take, careful. Take a few road trips. We're going to tiptoe to yeah. Colorado yeah. or Texas or something. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to get tracked. And mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. Yeah. I hear you. Now's the time. Mm. Drop everything. I like, I didn't expect you to go there. What, what I like about this. And when I, when I add to Michael is that the big thing here is that you mentioned you would like to do track days. Yes. In the future. Yeah. So we're not, we're not bringing up the idea and just going, you, because I'll be honest, track days aren't for everybody. I get it. You, you might not have any interest. Good You've point. expressed interest. You just put it way off on the calendar years in advance. And so I, I want to add to Paul's point and say, I agree with that. If it has interest for you, why not try it at a low level? And that might be exactly the answer Paul's talking about. Cheap car, lots of driving experience, and then decide. That might be where you are. I don't know when I read this if that's... I don't know if tracking's for me. Maybe I'll try that in retirement. Like, maybe I'll try painting. Like, you don't really know if you care. <laughs> That's what I don't know here, okay? Steeplechase looks fun. For mm. me to watch. Yeah, who, who do, <laughs> I don't know where you are. So I, I am going to give you some options to, to shop here, but I want to wholeheartedly agree with Paul's point, and that is if track driving is something that does genuinely interest you because you've mentioned it here, I say why not try? Why not start and see Right away, what's my preference? We had a, a guy that wrote us a few weeks back that was 80 years old and taking his M2 to the track that weekend. Dick in Florida, big yeah. shout out to him. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, why not mm-hmm. do, it as, do it whenever? There used to be, and I, and I don't honestly know if she's still alive, but there used to be a woman years ago who used to come to, I believe it was every public Laguna Seca track day. And her oh. number on her Lotus Elise was her age. And it went up every year, and it was in the 80s. It went up every year because she always ran the number that was her age. I don't know her name. I've heard the story. People have sent me photos. It always made me laugh. So that's a real option, Michael. The other thing I want to say to you is this. Let's just say for sake of argument, you never go tracking, but you buy some big monster car. Hmm. You said you don't think you'd ever use it to its potential. Neither do most owners. True. True. the, The thing is that... Most pickups aren't getting used to their potential, and neither are most sports cars. <laughs> wow, yes. Okay? They're just yep. not. Yep. Now, there are people that are pushing their sports car as far as it goes. There are people that are towing a house with that, with that pickup that they bought. And then there's everybody else in the middle. Yep. yep. So you can enjoy a really powerful, capable car if you don't drive it at the edges of itself. Now, you have to find the right car for you because the wrong car that's super powerful and capable, you drive it at a slow speed and you just go... 
yeah, this is not that interesting, which is the great thing that nobody tells you. Mm-hmm. The, the assumption that we all have is if I buy a super sports car and I commute on it, it's going to feel alive and electric, and a lot of them just don't. True. They're doing 30 miles an hour. They're bored, and so are you. After you get past the initial sense of, oh, I can't believe I'm in this car, and it's really cool, and it does that. And, and then it's just like, I could be in anything. There mm-hmm. are those cars. So you've got to find the car that connects with you. But if you drive a car that is very capable and you don't drive at the edge of the capability, there's nothing wrong with that. See my father and his Corvette. <laughs> He yeah. will never touch the edges of that car, and he's crazy. But happy. he has it. He has he's it. He's done happy. it. You need to drive the Cayman and Boxster and see if you fit. I don't see your your legs is the great unknown here. So see if you fit in that. But I want to give you a couple others that I think you absolutely must drive, other than the Cayman and the Boxster. You need to drive the Jaguar F Type and the Corvette C7. Okay. Neither right. of them are on your list, and they absolutely should be. And then I have wild cards for you. Oh, you wow. really have seventy grand? Wow. You want to buy something that really feels special? You could get yourself a very nice Aston Martin Vantage, or scrumptious an early automatic Audi R8. You like Audis; it's one of your favorite cars you've owned. Your wife wants an automatic. Get a early V8 R8 Audi, which honestly, I kind of feel like that is the supercar you will drive daily and love it, and probably be perfectly happy not tracking it. It's just a very nice place to be. Yeah. Yeah. So there's my list for you. I hope something there strikes you, Michael, but I like this ponderance of let's go tracking. Jumping over to questions on social media, we have Bob McCormick who says he would love to take a road trip with friends, but in separate cars. What is the best walkie-talkie or radio to keep in touch for great windy, twisty roads Mm. like canyons and freeway stretches to get there? We finally decided we had to throw down some money, mm-hmm. and you get what you pay for, for sure. Yeah. Prepare to spend between $200 and $400 per radio. Per radio, if you, if you go big boys. Now, you're going to have to, just for the range and the durability. It, dep- it depends a lot on what you need. If it's you guys moving as a pack, okay? Because the other thing that you have to keep in mind about the way we use radios is we separate ourselves for shoots, for sight lines, for road spotting, all this kind we of stuff. We also leave them on the tops of cars and we, drive off I've, at high I've, speed. I've been known to do that. Once or twice. I've been known to have that. And then problem. they fall out and they get run over and you know, yes. all that stuff. I have been known to, to have that problem. Uh, yeah. Only good news is nobody can fire me for that. So anyway, <laughs> but it, it's been known to happen. But, but here's the thing. We used to have, you can get them in like six packs, little Motorola radios that are designed for you and your family to take on the ATVs or whatever. If your guys are going to move as a pack, that actually can work. I think but, they'll hit the garbage as a six pack. Maybe. They work it, so well that it, we'll throw it, them out it depends. as a six-pack. You and I work in the mountains separated a lot, and so yes. we need something heavy-duty. Yes. So depending upon the kind of road trips you're going to do, that might be fine if you need actual range. Paul's right. Hundreds of dollars per radio. Otherwise, it's the six-pack for like 100 bucks. Yeah. Prepare to spend some money. We have the Titan Radio TR400. They're 374 bucks a radio, so they're not cheap. Mm, they hurt. But they're made for construction sites, you know, so the giant thing can run over it and it'll still work. Somebody like me can drop it off a car at speed and we can <laughs> go back and we can find it. Yeah, Pretty exactly. Much. That's how that happens. LR Defendered says, do we see more Subarus or Jeeps in Utah? Great question, but you might be surprised to know that Subarus far outweigh the number of Jeeps. Totally. Uh, it, uh, Hands it, down. It will shock you the number of Subarus. If, if you're counting, I'm not even talking Outbacks. Subarus, the Outback, the Crosstrek, the Forester, the Atlas, there is a shocking number of Subarus. Jeeps are almost like rare and quaint by comparison. And we see a lot of Jeeps. <laughs> Crabtree Nate says, all righty, Paul, Emira or Maserati MC20? Ooh. I don't think they compete. Hmm. As a matter of fact, okay. I know they don't compete. Really? All right. The Maserati has 630 horsepower. 
twin turbo V6. It's far more powerful and faster than the Amira. Yeah. Uh, I'll say a bit faster, but it's, it's in a different c- category. It, it's, it's far higher. Super it's far more for sure. So I'm going to say both because I don't both. think they compete. Both. The problem is I want that Amira because the man transmission mm. and because it's so focused on driving. Whereas I think the MC20 is going to be good, but it only comes with the 8 speed DCT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I said, I don't think they compete mm. necessarily. <laughs> Anything with a Porsche badge on it. How about that? Uh, Sheedy on Twitter says, what do we think of F1 continuing to chase electrification at the same time sustainable fuels? If we have a zero net fuel or net zero fuel, doesn't that save the combustion engine? I, I have a th- weird thought. Mm. We've had things we've said on this podcast and years later, it's proven to either be very, very wrong or, hey, guess what? Those guys got lucky. That's happened. That's happened. <laughs> I'm going to say something here. As we're all chasing electrics, I think there may be manufacturers that pull back. I think there may be manufacturers oh. that go super duper electric. It's only electric. And then something happens to how hard it is to get the materials or something that somebody figures out about the actual economic impact or environmental impact of X or just to be different. I think there are going to be manufacturers that may circle back to offer combustion engines. Do you? I'm putting it out there. It's interesting. I think especially if we wind up with these fuels that are being chased, Porsches on on the front of it, but there are others that are doing Mm -hmm. it too, to try to have fuels that are more efficient or possibly even net zero carbon fuels, et cetera. Um, I'll be very curious to see where all of this develops. I am not of the belief that electric will rule all. I don't think we're going to wind up with a 100% electric battery charged fleet. I don't think that's the case because it is such a small part of the market right now. And because of all of the other forces in play. Okay. I think there will be other options out there. So I think all of them are still on the table. And I do think there's a possibility that some manufacturer may go all electric and they'd be like, we're doing a new thing. We're putting an engine in this car that burns stuff. Huh. Like Dodge, who's claiming <laughs> they're not going to do electric cars. They're going to make American E-Muscle, uh, which sounds <laughs> like a powdered product that you buy at GNC Nutrition Stores. It does, doesn't and it? And stir into your drink. With, it's got, it's got it's the profile E-muscle. of the muscle guy on it. It's just got in the, it, it's silhouette. No, no. <laughs> E-Muscle. E-Muscle? Is that like some sort of milky thing you drink while stop, powerlifting? Stop, stop. See, now, now I'm frightened. No. It's it's the new powdered protein. E-muscle. The thing that people realize is sound sells. True. True. That's why I've told you I don't think 911s and the flat 6 will ever go away because mm. sound mm. and there is no speaker or sound or tuning that you can do to replicate that. There's just nothing yeah. like the downshifts and the crackle and the pop and the scream at high speed. There's nothing like that. I do think that sells. I I do think that that's uh we're conditioned, though. I do E-muscle? Think what is E-muscle? It's, it's, not a, it's, it's a terrible protein and it's shake. And it's going to be a hybrid of yes, some sort. It is, for sure. It's or, the only way they can have more power. But I actually do think that there will be muscle. people my son's age or younger that won't have any attachment to the sound of an engine. They're going to think it sounds weird. Okay. All right. I'll give you that. We're going to be like, did you hear the V16 fire up over there? Did you hear the race mode? And they're going to be like, what is that racket? Right. That's too loud. What on earth is all of that? I think that will exist as well, which is frightening, but probably true. Peter G asks, what point does a car lose its identity? 
when Volkswagen builds the Taos and puts it on the same platform <laughs> as they do everything else and tries to pass it off as the newest, latest, greatest thing. The MQB does I'm kind of neuter a lot of their still cars. Yeah. On my Taos still rant. on my Taos rant. Okay, good to know. They've decided to put neoprene in the seats, the world's least breathable material on the seats. So everything back there, and I mean everything, is sweaty and hot after about 11 minutes of driving. But when you carried up your neoprene? kayak and you threw it on the roof, no. then you hop in still wet and the neoprene's fine with it. That, that is That's a, what somebody decided right there. Ugh, that is a 1990s concept car kind of cool idea. <laughs> that is 30 or 40 years old. Like neoprene, we could hose out the interior and you could totally live this active lifestyle and carry surfboards and canoes and hose it out and the sand <laughs> won't stick and... No, no, no. Here we are with the Taos and neoprene, and it's hot and uncomfortable. And and you cannot turn off the lane assist, which is really too aggressive. It's very aggressive. And it doesn't actually turn off when you turn on your turn signal, like you're changing lanes. So as soon as you start to change lanes, it's fighting you. Yeah. It's fighting your steering. You turn on the turn signal, which it should be smart enough, and then you try to change lanes, and the car goes, what are you doing? I turned on the turn. Your own brain should know the turn signal's on. So, he's saying all the various suspension settings, steering settings, gear shift points. How are we supposed to know the identity and character of the car when it has so many personalities? Do we even care? Yes, we do. But by virtue of our Emira discussion, yes, the platform matters. But the focus, the theme, what car companies are doing, I do think the 2 Series will drive well. I don't know if it'll drive just like we like it on the mm-hmm, old 2 Series, mm-hmm. but I think it'll still drive well. BMW hasn't forgotten. They didn't misstep. You know, they haven't like, oops, I blinked and got up on the wrong side of the bed and we totally forgot our history. No, they still know how to make a great driving car. But they're going to have to work even harder to make cars different because of all that platform sharing. Mm. They're going to have to yeah. work harder at yeah. differentiating it with all those tuning because if it's still mounted in the same place and the suspension is similar and connects to the same place, all those components will have to change dramatically. Okay, we'll give you the same platform, but everything else, now it's an exponential leap mm-hmm. to get that same car built on the same platform that's now positioned differently mm-hmm. to make it matter. And yes, it does matter. Bring Buttons Back has two that he asked. The first one uh, I don't think we've seen yet, and that is he's asking if anybody has built an analog steering feel into an electric car yet. No, that hasn't happened that I've seen. We'll see if that happens. But his second thing, I'm going to try to avoid a lengthy rant. Mm. He says, what's one weird quirk (laughs) that really annoys us that we would like walk away from a car for this weird quirk when and it's and not just build the same important. car on the same platform no i'm not going the same he's saying uh. is, is it something about the steering wheel or shifter design is it something about the cup holders what's something weird that bugs us and i have a current rant that i keep getting into when we do these test drives and paul keeps shaking his head at me but i'm oh, going yeah. to go here real quick oh, vince oh my god vince have gotten tiny Vince seemed to seem to somehow have a correlation to the size of headlights, and as headlights have gotten smaller, vents have gotten smaller because we're trying to get them away from the giant screen. Having grown up in Texas, having driven many cars with phenomenal air conditioners, I don't understand why we think that these little tiny vents are going to cool off enough of the cabin. Now, manufacturers are getting away with it <laughs> by putting in heated and cooled seats. Okay. So you yeah. think, oh, yeah. see, I'm plenty cool. But the problem is that we've made these tiny little vents now. Paul's la- currently laughing at me. He's currently <laughs> laughing and shaking his head at me. You just can't see it. We're, we're making uh. these tiny little vents now to get away from the giant screens, and the vents aren't efficient enough to actually cool the cabin. And as a guy that drives a Lotus Elise with small vents and an even smaller engine trying to cool the cabin, when I get in a big SUV and I've got this tiny little, little letterbox vent, I'm going, what? You've got dash space. 
and it needs to have a hose. Now, I realize I'm ranting about something that is just me, but you asked to bring buttons back. I'm going to say bring vents back. I'm going to leave it there. Okay, well, I have a question for you. Do you think that by headlights getting smaller, the light output has gotten smaller? No. It's gone the other direction, yes, has it not? Yes, it's gotten great, but the vents aren't getting better. Well, does that mean they can't push the volume of air through a smaller hose? I mean, I'm not talking about like Apparently a, an not. air gun, but you know, my, my they point can still is, push a lot of air through those. The vents. number of times we have been in modern cars, and it doesn't matter what you do to the vents, you just can't get it. Like, I need it cold in here. People, <laughs> Texas and Arizona exist. They do. We need vents. I think folks. you have a higher air requirement than I do. Maybe I do, <laughs> but let's. Uh, sorry, the cooled seats not cutting it. Vents. Wow. Wade Donald Water Street says to me, which car type do I think lends itself best to beautiful design, in my opinion? I have to look at the 60s Italian cars. Ooh, okay. Those front mid-engine kinds of cars, or front-engine GT cars, are some mm, of the mm. sculpt, most sculpturally beautiful cars. Jaguar E-Type is a great example of that. But I have this thing with mid-engine cars. I just have this thing. The Amira is a great example of a modern, beautiful car. Mm -hmm. Those surfaces are beautiful. They're not blunt edges like a Nissan GTR. Yeah. The GTR is cool, but I don't think it's beautiful. Yeah, fair. I agree with that. And mid-engine, I think, does, as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. because you hand me the Jaguar E-Type, and I will say to you, Jaguar XKSS, even more beautiful. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. The Testarossas, all the mid-engine cars, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I think that platform will continue to proliferate, especially in the future electric car era, because that lump that is the engine now is distributed throughout the car and therefore proportions can change. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, think that for sure. look for sports cars will carry over better than a long nose. The reason cars have long noses is because they had long engines. They had a big engine, yeah. They had yeah, yeah. straight eights. Totally, yeah. Or big V8s or mm-hmm. yeah. big V12s or whatever. Long engine. You, you have to have a long we got to cover up the engine. Cover it over yeah. with sheet metal. Yeah, yeah. That was the entire point. But now, when you don't in the future, I mm-hmm. think that will endure and that will lend more opportunity for beautiful styling. Mm. I have two car sale questions I'm going to connect. One is Jared Rose one, and the other is uh, Scott A. Stratton. Scott Stratton says that he has a BRZ that he bought, and uh, he's now realizing he could sell it for $4,000 more than he paid for it. Money talks. And he's also saying... I wonder if I sell it and park the money and wait for the new second-gen 86. He said, it's a third car. It's not vital to the household. What do we think? And he said, I don't think these prices are going to last forever. Scott, I don't think they are either. Here's my big thing, because we've actually gotten, this is why I'm bringing it up, we've gotten a lot of emails where people said, should I sell my X car for X extra amount that they're going for right now? The problem is, in a sheer budgetary perspective, it's right, I'm going to talk budget. It's a great time to sell something because you can make money on it. But the it, the problem is that many of us are just getting dollar signs in our eyes thinking about it and not thinking about step two, which is I just sold my car. What am I yeah. going to get around? Because yeah. it, it's it's a seller's market. Well, now, if you're a buyer on the other side, you've really created a problem for yourself. The only reason, Scott, I think it might work for you is because you say this is not a car you guys need. You have other cars for life. This is just the fun car. If any of you... You can't see my air quotes. Have extra cars lying around. This is the time to make money on your extra cars you don't need. But do not sell a car because you can get money out of it because you didn't have to turn around and buy one. In a similar vein, Jared Rose once said he saw that our shooter Chance is selling his long-term, much-gestated Project Mustang. What is the story there? Chance would have to tell the story at greater length than me. But this car has been in his life for 20 years. Mm-hmm. For most of that time, it has not been running. 
and he is just taking a serious look and going, financially, I can't do to this what I want. And financially, because every car is selling for more than it should be right now, I could probably sell this and be better off. It's not that it's not breaking his heart. This is a hard conversation, but he's having a conversation with himself about the reality of finances versus his ability to have this as an ongoing project car and going, I think I might be done. Mm -hmm. Danny Fields has a question here. Where can you buy factory service manuals? He's been looking for his car with no success. Danny, we don't know what car that is. And forums are a great place to start because people love to share stuff. And if it's an older car, hopefully somebody has taken the time to scan every page and Mm. convert it to a PDF. Mm. Those usually just start floating around for free. Some cars are still a thick three ring binder and they cost a lot of money (laughs) and Sometimes there's German words that you can't pronounce. If you find them like that, they are expensive and massive. Very expensive. Buy a bookcase, yeah. (laughs) But much of the time, forums are an excellent place to come on there and say, look, sometimes it's in the uh, pinned sticky threads up at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll say, you know, here's the you know place to how to how to buy, what to look for, and mm-hmm. you know where to get mm-hmm. manuals and repair tips, that kind of thing. There's usually a good place there. Guys, thank you so much for all your excellent questions. We have yeah. many more that we haven't There's even so got to, others, including yeah. many good track daily crushes, which we've got to get to here soon. But uh, for the moment, we'll leave it there. And thank you, guys. Really, let us know what you think about this TV season. And as Todd mentioned, it's going to be coming to especially patrons, but everybody else sooner Seems than it can. normally does. Yep, for sure. Looking forward to hearing. Thank you, guys. Cheers, everyone.